Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, March, or excuse me, April the 5th version of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kirk Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Tuesday morning guest, uh, very, very famous Christian lecturer uh, and pastor and uh, academian. Uh, is that a real word? I don't know, but I think I'm on the wrong show. If you... <laughs> If you're supposed to be talking to a very, very famous lecturer. <laughs> well, you are. In the Christian community, you are highly respected. Um, and uh, we, we appreciate you being a part of, of our team here. And Dr. J.B. Hickson is with us again this morning, this Tuesday morning. And uh, we are going to uh, be picking up where we left off last week, right, J.B., in discussing what's in your book. Um, your brand new book, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Volume 1. Uh, we, we were uh, talking about some things that, that you put uh, in this book based on 15 years of research and study. Um, and last week, we, we began to talk about a little bit about the Hegelian dialectic, which is we kind of both agree at the root of everything that's going on today, everything we're seeing and everything we're having to deal with uh, basically has its roots in that thought form and uh, in that philosophy. Uh, we talked about uh, Arthur Hegel, correct? George, George Hegel. George Hegel, that's right, G.W. Hegel, who basically came up with that that particular philosophy and i found it interesting that that uh when when studying it myself years ago that he actually put this together uh because he was trying to to find a viable alternative or replacement for the christian doctrine for christian religion um because he saw the nazi reich coming on and and uh, and basically wanted a replacement religion out there that would fit an end times bill. And uh, so at the root of it, there, there's, you know, some several, several principles, I think we'll agree. And, uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 114, I want to remind our listeners that the Hegelian dialectic, the, the end game is basically contained in Proverbs 114. Uh, King Solomon is, uh, says in that passage, he says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father uh, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about my neck, uh, about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And this is starting in verse 11, what I think is at the root of the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, it says, if they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk cribbly for the innocent without cause. Let us swaddle them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us and let us all have one purse. Yeah. My son, walk not thou in the way with them, and refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Now, I think that passage pretty much describes most of what we're seeing today, 
the world is under the uh, deceptive control of uh, some elite people uh, who whose object is to depopulate and that's laying wait for blood uh, they want us to have one purse you know that's one 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 world economy one world government one world religion and this hegelian dialectic wraps that all up the end game of the hegelian dialectic is to make that happen is that correct yeah absolutely you know you mentioned uh hegel and a lot of people know the name Immanuel kant but not yes. as many people know the name george wilhelm friedrich hegel but they were contemporaries and uh you know, he Hegel was really one of the more key figures of of, of help of developing modern Western uh, philosophical thought. And you know, he his uh, description of what became known as the Hegelian, uh, taking his namesake, dialectic, was uh, he said, "quote The synthetic solution to the conflicts that are created." cannot be introduced unless those being manipulated take a side <laughs> that will advance the ultimate predetermined agenda. So that's a mouthful, and I'm going to simplify it for you here in a second, but let's just break that down. First of okay. all, he taught the synthetic solution, meaning it was a something that was created, not organic. Uh, and right. he mentioned the predetermined agenda. That's the same idea, a synthetic, created, predetermined agenda. And then he also mentioned the word manipulated. And so that's really what it is in a nutshell. Um, so the Hegelian dialectic is basically a framework that is used to guide the thoughts and actions of people uh, into a problem so that they can then implement a predetermined solution to that problem. Right. So it's, it's often called problem reaction solution. But the big thing that our listeners need to understand is that all of those three things, the problem, the reaction, and the solution, are planned in advance. Yes. Uh, so, and even though, you know, Hegel is credited with articulating and, and sort of crystallizing this concept, this deceptive concept, it really is nothing new, and it goes all the way back uh, to the garden. Uh, and the right. simplest way to describe or to think of the you know, Hegelian dialectic is basically to think of those terms, manipulation, an agenda. Mm -hmm. um, and when Satan confronted Eve uh, in the garden, he, ha <clears throat> he had an agenda. Oh, yeah. It oh, was yeah. not about what it was about. And so that, mm -hmm. that's really that phrase there is, is the way I sort of uh, summarize or refer to the Hegelian dialectic. I frequently mention in my uh, messages and presentations that it's never about what it's about. So what I think we're wanting to do in this discussion today, and again, picking up from last week, is to really implore uh, our listeners that what they see happening, what we all see happening all around us, is not about what it's about. Uh, there is an agenda at play. And the, our goal, if we want to avoid being deceived, is to see beyond the smoke and mirrors and ask ourselves, you know, why are they doing this? And, you know, yeah. like, obviously, Russia, Ukraine is a huge example of that. You know, you've got oh, yeah. all kinds of pundits and TV commentators and, you know, military, you know, commentators trying to explain, you know, what's going on over there. 
But if you understand the Luciferian conspiracy, as I've outlined in the book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, and you, you understand how biblical it is as a part of the bigger plan of the ages, then right. you're, you're, you're going to ask the right questions and you're going to recognize it's not about Zelensky or Putin or Russia or Ukraine. Right. It's about something far more nefarious. And so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think this is a great topic and, you know, hopefully today we can, uh, we can get into some examples. Uh, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit at our home church, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. And by the way, I know we always mention uh, if you're ever in the Denver area, the greater Denver metropolitan area, please come see us at, at Plum Creek Chapel. Our church website is plumcreekchapel.org, but we have services Wednesday and Sunday and would love to, to meet a new friend and have you worship with us. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the, the summary in a nutshell, but what we see this, this concept played out both on the grand scale and, and, and the, the scene of the global uh, fight for global dominance, but we also see it in small ways. You know, people will, you know, anytime someone's manipulating, depending on how psychotic they are, they, they might be, you know, em, employing the, the Hegelian model without even realizing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen examples of this down through history uh, that, uh, you know, basically the, the push is for a, a new world order in, in, in which uh, the process, uh, the prophecies in revelation are come to pass. There's a, uh, a one world government, one world economy, one world religion. And, you know, it's nothing, a lot of people treat this as if it's something new, uh, coming down the pike and oh we've never seen this before but all the way back in genesis 11 uh this particular concept was attempted by a guy by the name of nimrod yeah. and uh, you know all the people of the world at that time spoke one language and he he said hey let's pool our resources let us all have one purse and let's make us a name and we'll build us a tower that'll reach to heaven and we'll take over and uh, God said, no, 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 no. And uh, dispersed the language, knocked down the tower. So this new world orderism is not a new idea. It's been tried and tried and tried. Satan has, has attempted it uh, several times in, in, in human history. And God has always thwarted those attempts. Uh, now they will, as you mentioned last week, uh, they will have one year of success before it all comes crashing down on them again. Uh, but uh, that's what this Hegelian dialectic is, is a push toward the new world order. Correct? Yeah. And, you know, going back to that uh, passage in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel and Nimrod, a lot of people miss the greater context there. Uh, you know, it wasn't just about uh, trying to reach the heavens. You know, this is on the heels of the great flood where God had destroyed the entire globe with a flood, right. a global flood, uh, because of the sins of uh, the uh, fallen angels that we read about in Genesis chapter 6. And so God destroyed the earth and uh, only saved Noah and his righteous family. And then after that, you know, it didn't take long at all uh, for, you know, the evil forces on earth that were conspiring with Satan to try once again to overthrow God's reign and rule on this earth. And mm -hmm. uh, so that, but they said, we're going to build a tower. But the reason they chose to build a tower 
is because they saw what God had done last time and they said, ah, we're prepared this time. We're going to build it so high that no flood could ever destroy it. Right, right. But it wasn't about building a tower. It wasn't about reaching the heavens. I mean, I can almost hear, this is speculation, of course, the, the biblical record, um, it would be, you know, reading into it a bit, but I can almost hear Nimrod and his uh, co-conspirators uh, telling people, hey, you know, we want to be prepared for this flood. We want to make sure we can't be destroyed again. And, and what, what it was really, a, and so they said, hey, let's build a tower. So you've got a problem. We don't want to be destroyed by a flood. The reaction is, well, let's build a tower. But the, the ultimate uh, goal was to usurp God's authority. It was, yes. it was a Luciferian agenda, as we see again and again throughout biblical, the biblical record and human history. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, their attempt to, uh, you know, to, to try to overthrow God. And Satan's been trying to do that ever since he got kicked out of heaven. And so we know from Scripture that he's going to succeed for a seven-year period uh, when the Antichrist takes the throne just prior to the return of Christ. Um, so we're headed, we're headed towards a one-world government one way or the other. It's either going to be ruled at first by Satan through the Antichrist, and eventually, of course, ruled by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes. But, you know, you mentioned the New World Order. Um, that's a phrase uh, that I, I have a section in the book where I kind of survey uh, several, peop- several world leaders who have talked about uh, the New World Order. And um, I'm trying to find it so I can maybe give some of those quotes. You've but- got some fantastic quotes in there. Uh, and, and some of them I've seen before. Some of them I have not. Um, so I'm glad you put the number of them in there that you put in. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, you know, George H.W. Bush often spoke of the New World Order. All the time. Uh, all the time. Uh, even uh, President Biden, as you may know, just recently at a uh, businessmen's uh, meeting, uh, CEO meeting of CEOs, I think it was in either New York or Washington, D.C., I can't remember, but uh, he referenced the need for the new world order. And he even intimated that he wants to lead it. <laughs> so yeah, he, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. This is, this is not anything new. Well, he, uh, he even he authored a book, I think back in 2005, maybe yeah. uh, entitled how I came to love the new world order. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I and mean, it goes all that goes back centuries. In fact, it, it's built upon the Luciferian uh, and, frankly, the Freemasons who d- left the old world and came over to North America uh, right. and just called it the New World because they were wanting this country to be a beachhead for the New World order. That's why they call it the New World. And um, I'm going to be talking in uh, May at a, I'm speaking twice at a conference in Tulsa, the Mid-America Prophecy Conference, which we do every year for the last several years. And I'm going to be talking about whose fingerprints are on the founding of this country. And I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. about certainly God's fingerprints are on the founding of this country. It's a great country. But also what people fail to recognize is Satan's fingerprints are on the founding of this country. So the New World Order is is really just another term. It's their term, the Luciferians term, for this one world system that Satan has been trying to uh, established again for, for centuries. Yes. So this is basically, um, what we're seeing today that's occurring. We see it every day in our news headlines, or at least the one they, the ones they, 
they are choosing to let us see. Uh, we're seeing a, a series of events that are uh, promulgated or uh, created crises um, that they under they already know what the reaction will be, um, and uh, they already have a predetermined solution for. And uh, so all of these events fit into this Hegelian dialectical concept. And uh, it, it, it's something that we need to be aware of because if we're aware of the concept, the basic concept, uh, it may improve our discernment capabilities. And that's really what we need to be doing these days is uh, carefully discerning what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to mention a few passages. I know you've got some maybe you might want to mention too, but um, I'm, just, I'm still kind of fascinated by this New World Order concept. President Nixon back in 1972, uh, when he was meeting with uh, uh, the China, meeting in China, remember his famous trip to China, yes. he said in a press conference there, quote, each of us has the hope to build a new world order. Right. And then... Uh, about a decade later, in the early 80s, uh, Congressman Larry P. McDonald, uh, who you may recall was suspiciously killed when Korean Airlines Flight 007 was shot down by a Soviet uh, uh, fighter jet, uh, he famously said, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one-world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean a conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, incredibly evil in intent. Now, I don't know, I, I haven't taken the time to research uh, McDonald to know if he might have been a believer or not, but the point is, as an insider, he saw what mm -hmm. was coming with this new world order, um, mm -hmm. and we see it again and again uh, and again. So, and I, I list several quotes, uh, you know, Mikhail Gorbachev talked about ushering in the New World Order. Kissinger frequently talked about ushering in the New, York, New World Order. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, and, you know, and H.G. Wells uh, warned in, in a book that he titled The New World Order that uh, FDR's New Deal was just an attempt to help usher that in. Absolutely. So, you know, the bottom line, uh, Curtis, is we need to recognize that it is seldom about what it's about. And I, I often say never about what it's about. I don't mean that with a wooden literalness. Obviously, sometimes things really happen and that's what's actually happening. You know, not, not everything is part of an agenda, but I tell you what, almost everything is. And uh, you're better off assuming that it's part of a, a predetermined agenda, as mm -hmm. uh, Hegel said, uh, and then trying to prove that it's not than the other way around. Right. Right. But that's why your book is uh, your, your book is extremely important. And, and the timing of its release is really um, fantastic, JB. Uh, there's so much information in here. Yeah, I personally, I, I'd like to jump ahead and, you know, and, and get into chapter nine. But the boy, what a rabbit trail that would be. Uh, and maybe we'll do that in a segment or two from from now. But uh, yeah, I've like already done a series on that, and uh, but that's really an important information, and uh, hopefully we can get into that at some point in time. But but this Hegelian dialectic, uh, I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad, so glad you put it in your book. Uh, yeah, it, because... it, 
it really underlies a lot of the manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist that I expose in that book. And by the way, I, you know, the Lord has really opened a lot of doors, Curtis, in the two weeks uh, since this book has come out. It came out March 21st, and it's just like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, we're not a big ministry. We don't have a huge staff, and I'm not, uh, you know, a gifted marketer. We're just letting the Lord open doors and, and close doors and lead. And it's amazing how simply through word of mouth, he, we've done you know, quite a few interviews, about a dozen interviews on different outlets. And so far, we've shipped orders um, for this book to 48 of 50 states. Is that amazing? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, pray for the folks in Rhode Island and Utah, that they'll someone there will awaken and, and, uh, and order this book so we can have a perfect 50 for 50. But, uh, you know, it, it really is, uh, it warms my heart because number one, this is a, an urgent matter and it's something I've been passionate about for years and I love seeing people's eyes open. I'm getting responses. We're getting people now that ordered the book, pre-ordered the book. We took pre-orders for about a week before it came out. And we're getting people now that are coming back and ordering two or three or four more. In some cases, right. 10 or 20 more. And yes. so that warms my heart because it is such an important message for such a time as this. But more than that, and I know you guys know this, you know, our passion at Not By Works Ministries is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And uh, we, we want people to read the book because it clearly presents the gospel in a short epilogue at the end of the book. Uh, for those who might be reading it but don't know the Lord. So um, I know that people, uh, especially if you listen to our podcast regularly, you might get tired of, of hearing about the book. But every dialogue I have, we pick up, pick up different uh, you know, aspects of it and come at it from a different angle. And so I just want to remind uh, listeners, they can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and that's where you can order the book. It's only available through Not By Works. We, we think Jeff Bezos has enough money already, so we're not doing it on Amazon. Um, and at spiritoftheantichrist.org, you can also read the preface and take a look at the extended uh, table of contents so you can kind of see some of the topics like the Hegelian dialectic uh, that we address in the book. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it, it's a fantastic book. And uh, yes, we do mention it a little bit, uh, more often than than maybe we normally would, but I uh, I want to remind our listeners as to why. Number one, it's an important book, some great critical information that that everybody really needs to know. Number one, um, but also you know with with our podcast, JB, we don't commercialize anything. Uh, we're not selling anybody anything really. Uh, we don't offer merchandise, and we don't. We don't offer paid subscriptions. You can subscribe uh, to us and listen to us on a regular basis, but it won't cost you a dime. We're not in it to make any money. We're in it to spread the gospel of Christ. And uh, that, that's our main focus at all times. Uh, so, but when we come across a book like yours, The Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, Gathering Cloud of Deception, we think it's important enough to mention uh, uh, regularly uh, so people will remember the title and will be able to access, know where to access and, and purchase the book because it's vital. It, it's a vital book. And, and um, well, I'm glad you sent me a copy of it. I'm still, I'm still reading on it. And, uh, and I'm in chapter 13 now. So, boy, oh, boy. By the way, when's volume two coming out? Well, that's a good question. So what, our, what people need to understand is that 
the spirit of the Antichrist, what I did is I came up with seven uh, characteristics of the Antichrist that represent the spirit of the Antichrist that is already at work in the world today, according to 1 John 4. And, uh, and this first book only deals with one of them. I'm planning to address, because right. it's the biggest, the spirit of pretense, the spirit of yes. deception. It's yes. a big one. Uh, and, but in the next book, I plan to deal with the other six. Um, I've thought about extending it even beyond that, but I think what I'm going to do is stick to the two-volume approach, and then uh, in the, if the Lord tarries is coming and I have the opportunity to write even more, uh, we'll deal with some other topics in later books. But as far as when volume two comes out, we're you know going to kind of see how this one goes, and uh, uh, but probably we're looking at the end of this year, early next year, you know, something okay. like that. Okay. It's already uh, underway. We're already we've already got uh, you know kind of a really rough draft already penned, and then we're going to go back through and work on that some more. And uh, but yeah, it's 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 coming. And you know, you mentioned uh, marketing or commercializing things. We feel the same way. You know, we have given away. A couple of hundred of these books. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to a lady yesterday who heard one of my interviews, and she does not have a computer, does not have a phone. She was watching it on Roku TV. I don't. She didn't tell me which one it was. It might have been Brandon House. I don't know, but she said I. She, I heard you talk about this book, and I didn't catch the website, but I saw the one eight hundred number, so I just thought I would call. And she was so delightful to talk to, and such a sweet lady, and. And uh, she said, well, I'm, when I get my next paycheck, I'm going to I'm going to order it. And I said, well, ma'am, I'd love to bless you with that book. Could you just give me your address and I'll send you a copy? And there you go. Hear it yeah. up on the phone. And so, you know, we're not here to 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 get rich. Anybody knows right. if you want to get rich, you know, ministry is probably not the fastest road to that. To uh, that. Probably uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> and neither is being an author. But uh, but we do obviously want the message to get out there. I think it is a. Uh, uh, a book that has uh, awakened a lot of people. And, you know, so I, as I say, uh, you know, on the website, spirit of the antichrist.org, it, you're not going to, you're going to be shocked at some of the stuff you read in there. If you've never oh, heard it. Before. No, yeah. yeah, you, you definitely will. It does have some, I hate to say it, but there is some shock value in it. It, it It's in spots. It's really troubling. Yeah. And, you know, false flags, for example, we have a chapter on that. And, you know, false flags uh, are just another manifestation of the spirit of the, I mean, of the Hegelian dialectic. Absolutely, right? they are. Basically, we, you know, take uh, Gulf of Tonkin, for example, of the Vietnam War. You know, Johnson needed an excuse to get people into, get, to get America into the war and get the public in America behind it. Good example. So yeah. he, he staged an attack on American forces in the Gulf of Tonkin. This is not a fact in dispute. It was a fact in dispute for 50 years while they lied about it. But when the declassified documents finally were released, uh, it became clear that indeed that never happened. And I talk about this in the book, um, but it worked. It was they created a problem, anticipated the reaction or manipulated us into the reaction. And then they got the solution we wanted, which was to get embroiled into this you know, conflict that would deplete our resources. Uh, remember, the, the Luciferians, one of their goals, obviously, or not, their, their ultimate goal, of course, is to take over the world. We see that from Scripture. We see right. that in Psalm 2 and other passages. But the, the one thing standing in their way right now is the United States of America. Right. Uh, we are a nation made up of a good number of Bible-believing, patriotic, gun-owning, by the way, citizens who right. aren't, for the most part, going to roll over. Now, that's 
becoming more and more of a minority, if I can say it that way. Sadly, um, yes. I think you know most of our people, the vast majority, probably are already kind of lost in in that sense. But we're there's still enough of us that they're not going to just be able to you know roll over us. So they've got to destroy America. They've written about it. They've talked about it. They they you know they talk about it at conferences. Uh, and by the way, uh, we just uh, re-released um, a video series that I did about a little less than a year ago. It was eight videos in 13, almost 14 hours called What in the World is Going On? Yes. I, had, uh, I discussed the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab at length. I discussed things like secret societies, um, the depopulation agenda. Of course, it was a great, great series, JB. Yeah, yes. And we left it out there for free for almost a year. But we've now uh, put it up on our streaming platform. You can purchase it for streaming or download. You can watch it on your mobile device. You can watch it on you know any any uh, apparatus. So uh, check that out too at, at the Not By Works website. It's on the highlight carousel, or you can just go to our store and see it. We have quite a bit of streaming content now. Uh, that's new. I haven't even really sent out an email about that. But uh, in the past, what we were doing was simply you could download a digital file. Uh, but you couldn't stream it on your phone or other things. Now it's all streaming. And unlike a lot of streaming platforms, we don't limit it to streaming. We have a little button on the video if you want to also download it so that you can spread it around or show it at a class or something, and, or you don't want to watch it while you're connected to the internet, you can do that. So it's streaming or and or download. Uh, but you know the reason I bring that up is that the first couple of videos in that series, we deal with a lot of information that we did not deal with in the first volume of Spirit of the Antichrist, namely how Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum fit into this present push towards a one world system. Right. And, and that would go to the uh, what, what you just mentioned a few moments ago. Um, and I hope you can give us, uh, you give some great examples of it in the book. Uh, the manipulation factor here is really prominent. Uh, it, so much so, in fact, that that uh, it, it, you get the feeling that that government or well, these elites that are that are behind this is a globalist satanic elite uh, that are behind this uh, actually are manipulating almost every facet of our lives in one way or another. Uh, how deep does this manipulation go, JB? Oh, it's. I think it's far deeper than 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 even I might realize. I catch myself often forgetting my own advice about it, sell them about what it's about, and, and getting caught up in in a moment. But um, I think the biggest example uh, that we see of the Hegelian dialectic is the false left right paradigm. Now, I have a whole chapter <clears throat> about that, chapter six in the book, yes. where we talk about Operation Mockingbird and the false left right paradigm. But I, I deal with it in the section, chapter eight on Hegelian dialectic. And let me just read one paragraph that yes, I sir. think will, <clears throat> will illustrate very clearly how this Hegelian dialectic works. <clears throat> so I say, I say the false left-right paradigm is another example of the Hegelian dialectic in action. It is controlled opposition, a framework for guiding thoughts and actions into conflicts, leading to synthetic solutions to advance a predetermined agenda. <clears throat> there is a thesis, <clears throat> excuse me, an antith antithesis, an antithesis 
and a synthesis, a thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Um, say that three times fast. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, problem, reaction, solution. And then I say, quote, if you are a conservative, you probably watch Fox News. You cheered for the likes of Bill O'Reilly before the Luciferian cabal decided they were through with him or Glenn Beck before him. And then Sean Hannity, the darling of the conservatives is currently Tucker Carlson, and he will serve the purposes of the globocrats in controlling the opposition. But after a while, he will be gone too. Conservatives cheer, yay, Fox News, boo, CNN. Liberals cheer, yay, CNN, boo, Fox News. Meanwhile, both sides are moving towards the same solution. It is controlled opposition, end quote. So, you know, and I go into more detail about that and talk about, you know, the boogeyman and how they love to create fear and, you know, so forth and so on. So, but let's talk in our, in our time that we have left. I want to go to the word of God and and talk about some uh, guidance that God's word gives us. Yes. All of this. So uh, we talked about how Satan was essentially employing what has come to be called the Hegelian dialectic in the garden. He was doing a problem reaction solution. It wasn't about what it was about. He made it seem like it was about something that it wasn't when ultimately his goal was to try to defeat God and take over the earth. Um, So now we come to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, where we are told that uh, the, the Antichrist is coming, but even now many Antichrists have come, and that's how we know it's the last hour. And remember, the last hour, as we've discussed previously, is a reference to the present age, the church age. And then in chapter 4 of 1 John, he says uh, that the spirit of the Antichrist, which we've heard is coming, is now already in the world. Yeah. And then also in 1 John, in chapter 2, verse 26, he, he gives us a glimpse at, at what he's really getting at here. And he says, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, 1 John 2, 26. Uh, in his second letter, in 2 John, verse 7, there's just one chapter of 2 John, uh, verse 7 says, many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Mm-hmm. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Right. So, Let's get the picture here. John is warning in the late first century AD that you know cry, that somebody that is contrary to Christ, opposing Christ, and imitating Christ is coming, and that spirit is already pervading, invading, and pervasive throughout the world. And so, um, you know, later Paul, uh, not later because John wrote after Paul, but Paul in his epistles warns us about this type of deception. Uh, He says, beware lest anyone cheat you, this is Colossians 2, through philosophy, empty deceit, the traditions of men, and the basic principles of this world, but not according to Christ. Just before that, he says in chapter 2, you know, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Mm -hmm. Really, the problem reaction solution model just comes down to one word, and that's deception. Yeah. Um, Paul said in Romans 16, verse 18, those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, in the context of Romans 16, he's talking about people within the church, but it's there may be multiple manifestations and examples of it, but it all comes down to the same thing. It's never about what it's about, right? He's, it's about deception. 
uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, where we, he talks about, Paul talks about uh, the light versus the darkness and so mm -hmm. forth. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Yep. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, another one, 1 Timothy 4, we read that the Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. <laughs> so sure. deception is getting worse and worse. Uh, James warns us, James 1.16, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. And I think right now, uh, you know, the, the church uh, is, is just uh, not discerning. They're, they're swept up in this massive wave of deception, what I call the great last days deception. Um, you know, we have six kids and a granddaughter, and anybody that's raised kids or been around children knows that when they're real little, when they're just, you know, crawlers, less than a year old or a year old, uh, you know, babies, as they begin to explore, man, they, they'll put anything in their mouth, won't they? You know, they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll put shoes and trash and anything they can grab that get their hands on. They, it goes right to their mouth. It's just a natural thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I don't remember who first said this, but I think it's very uh, insightful that the church at large today is like one big giant baby nursery because people are just putting anything they, they, they find into their minds and accepting it without taking the time to run it through the grid of scripture and see what it's really about. So, so that's really our, our challenge, I think, to our listeners today is educate yourself about this uh, deceptive model, the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, I give several examples of it through history in the book, but be aware that, uh, you know, and, I, and the last chapter of the book, by the way, goes into how to avoid deception. And I give you a practical model of that. Um, yes. Just be aware that, uh, you know, we are under this massive uh, mind control deception right now that is that is going on. And But greater is he who is in us, as John goes on to say, than he who is in the world. Amen. Amen to that, my brother. And and you're right. I mean, the, the uh, deception is becoming uh, more prevalent, uh, even greater and greater with each passing day. And it, it makes it that much more important for us to be able to discern what's what. And uh, that's why uh, your book, your, your new book is, is really, I, I mean, a very critically important piece of work. And I, I would recommend that everybody get it. And, um, you know, it, it will help you uh, to enhance your discernment uh, abilities, uh, but also the one, the one work uh, that will help you more than anything with discernment is the Word of God itself. And I know that you uh, agree with that. And, uh, and by virtue of all, of all of it that you put into your book, uh, you know, there's a lot of secular quotes in there from world leaders and things of that nature but there's always more scripture in there than there than there is the other stuff and uh, so i know uh what direction you're wanting people to go you want them to go back to the word of god as the foremost authority uh, but books like yours do help with our discernment capabilities jb and i really appreciate you putting it out um so it's 
really important now more than ever to uh, to be able to tell what's what. And uh, I think you make the point very well that it's rarely ever about what it's about. Right. Yeah, it, that's right. Yeah. So go to um, uh, spiritofantichrist.org. You can learn more about it, get a taste of the preface and kind of where I'm going and then table of contents too. So you can see what topics might pique your interest and then you can order it right there um and uh and then uh, don't forget we uh we stream all of our services at plum creek chapel so uh tomorrow night our midweek service on wednesday night at six o'clock mountain time you can stream that live if that time isn't doesn't work for you of course we always post the audio to our podcast channel and the videos to our website so you can always watch it at your leisure but if you want to join us by live stream it's a great service uh, tomorrow night uh, I'll be speaking about the book of Proverbs as we continue our look at how to read and understand the Bible. And then uh, on Sundays at nine and 10, it's at nine o'clock, we're going through uh, the, by the, what the Bible says about the end times. And this Sunday, I'll be talking about characteristics of the millennial phase of the kingdom. Really encouraging to know that a better day is coming. Yeah. And then at the 10 o'clock hour, we're teaching through the book of Acts. And uh, this Sunday will be in Acts chapter uh, eight. So yeah, thanks for having me on. As usual, it's it's really a highlight of the week, and uh, uh, can't wait to 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 talk about next what we're going to do next week. We'll have to come up with a continued topic, maybe about some of this stuff. Okay, which I you know, I mean, there's so much available to us uh, uh, as far as content, you know, the directions we could go with this. Uh, you cover it very well in your book. Uh, but uh, we, I'm sure we can find a, a couple. Well, actually, as, as I've been reading, uh, I'm in 13 now, chapter 13. Uh, I've made a, a mental note of some things that I do want to bring up on podcast uh, that maybe we can talk about later. But we'll get into that later. Uh, you know, uh, before we close, JB, I'd, I'd like to do something here that uh, as a reminder to born again believers that Yes, things look grim right now, and, and we may have to, to deal with some of it uh, until the Lord returns, until the rapture. Uh, we don't know how much time we have left before that occurs, uh, but one thing we do know is this, is that our future <laughs> looks so bright that we're all going to have to start wearing shades, don't Amen. you think? I'm going to, I'm going to have to get me some nice shades like those. So those of you listening to the podcast, Curtis just put on some really cool sort of uh, men in black type uh, shades. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, our future oh. is really that bright. And, uh, and that's something that we really need uh, to, to push forward uh, in, in our thought processes while we're discerning things. Yes. It, it's going to be tough for a while. However, uh, our future is already determined if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, yeah. and I tell you, I, it, as daunting as it, it gets to look at everything that's happening now, uh, it, it is, there's a peace and uh, an actual longing for his return. And uh, yeah. well, I tell you what, I, I'm going to love the day that he appears. Amen. I mean, the way I like to say it, I'm going to talk about this Sunday at Plum Creek Chapel is here in the present, hope in the future. Oh, amen. You know, amen. That's, that's basically amen. our driving passion. It's the present's well, not always easy. 
but Paul says, uh, no. you know, I don't, uh, the, 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 our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be. Uh, amen. 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 You know what? I, I would recommend that you get you a pair of these and <laughs> you should walk out Sunday morning with these. Well, I have two set, you know, I'm half blind. I'm deaf and blind practically. I can't wait for my glorified body, but uh, yeah, I have two pair of glasses. The one I'm, ones I'm wearing now, then I have another set that's black rimmed and it has some really nice uh, uh, integrated sun clips that go with it, that oh, came yeah. with it. But I recently switched away from wearing those, the black rimmed ones, at least for a while, because uh, they were heavier. And when I'm teaching, they frequently, when I look down at my Bible or my screen, they, they slide down. And I found myself constantly adjusting my glasses. And uh, someone pointed out to me, you know, hey, I don't, I'm just trying to be helpful here, but I counted and I noticed when I, I quit counting when I got to 500 times that you touched your glasses during that last sermon. So I thought, well, I might need to address that. Uh, it's a nervous tick, I guess. But uh, anyway, I probably can find some to clip onto these as well or go back to my there other There you ones. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, everybody needs to be reminded about our future being bright. And I, I, and, uh, I know that's kind of a humorous way to do it, but but it is the truth that our future does look bright, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so and if you're an unbeliever, your future can look bright, too. We want to remind you that all you need to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved, too, and have a future as bright as the one we're looking forward to. And yep. we hope that you'll do it. We Amen. hope that you'll do it today. Uh, J.B., Thank you once again for being with us today. It's always a blessing to have you on, and, and uh, we, we love you, and we love the fellowship we have with you, and uh, we, we can hardly wait for next Tuesday, but while we're waiting for next Tuesday, we've got some other things for our listeners coming up. Um, Saturday morning with Pastor Dick, uh, where we're currently in Romans chapter one, and, and he's going over some great information here uh, on the phrase of God. Uh, in Romans chapter one. So 12 times it occurs. Yeah, 12 times. And and uh, we, we've gone through a couple of those of God so far. Yeah, but the one we've got coming up this Saturday, I personally, it's going to be great. I love it. It's the power of God. Is it okay for me to let that cat out of the bag, Pastor? You betcha. Pastor says it's okay. We're going to be talking about the power of of God. Amen. And the more we understand about that, the more we'll understand how bright our future really is. So, you know, Curtis, I can think of nothing more exciting than two men of God like you talking about the power of God. Amen. Oh boy, it's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So I want to remind our listeners, be with us Saturday morning uh, for our hour with Pastor Dick. And, uh, and then Saturday evening with, with Lucas Doremus, where we're still in Proverbs, you do not want to miss it. And as always, uh, please tune in and be with JB Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at Plum Creek Chapel. He's mentioned the time Sunday mornings. It's 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. Central Time or Mountain Time, Mountain Time, and uh, Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Mountain Time. And uh, you can you can live stream all the things that are happening out of Plum Creek Chapel. Believe me, great stuff. You don't want to miss Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. So with that, we thank you again, JB. We hope you have a blessed week. Uh, I'll be in touch about next week's subject matter. I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about that. And we're looking forward to it. Until then, uh, and until Saturday morning with Pastor Dick, 
This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. We will see you Saturday morning. God bless you.